What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Sunday, March 27th, 2022, and this week's episode, the 2022 Spring Break. We'll be talking about a full weekend in mixed martial arts, UFC Columbus, and the big heavyweight fight between Curtis Blades and Chris Dawkins. And we'll take it all the way to Singapore to talk about 1X, the anniversary for one championship, and all of the insane action that they had going on over there. We'll be talking about a full slate of MMA news, the topic that you couldn't, uh, you couldn't miss, let's be honest about it, Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington. Getting into a scuffle in Miami, we'll talk about some fight announcements, and of course, we'll talk about what we like to enjoy on spring break when there's no major MMA. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez, and I'm here with my co-host, Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. How are you doing today? We had a interesting week, right? <laughs> some some good things happened, some, oh, some tricky things happened. <laughs> I mean, it was like the gift that kept on giving. You know what? It's good. It's coming up on Gabriel Appreciation Week. So, <laughs> you know what? That's all I care about, you know. what? Uh, I'm going to save my reactions to that for the segment. But, yeah, I, you ask me, I've been good. How is Disney? Everything was fun? Oh, yeah, it was great. Uh, you know, they have a, a Disney's really good at getting all of your money. <laughs> Isn't and, it? Uh, yeah. Whether it's the food or, or the food, uh, but they also have, the, you know, they don't have Fast Pass anymore. Um, they have this thing called Genie, which is like the same thing, but they charge you $30 for it. <laughs> Robin Williams would not be smiling. I know, I know. He, wouldn't, he wouldn't approve. So it, the, it, the it Fresh Prince, into, maybe, but not Robin. I know. <laughs> it, got, it got us into Small World and Autopia relatively quickly, but um, man, 30 <laughs> 30 bucks bro uh, but it was great it was great fun my son had fun and uh, we the old timers had fun too so it was there good. you go get that overtime you know mm-hmm. get your money's worth out of it oh yeah well let's talk about it full weekend uh let's start at ufc obviously ufc columbus the return to ohio the first domestic fight night since well uh, admittedly since 2020 but you know the first one full arena with fans you know, it, it was really, um, it was a big deal, let's be honest. And it really was topped off by Curtis Blades taking on Chris Dawkins. Um, not too much. I think that it, quite simply, uh, the size and speed on Curtis Blades, I think a lot of people focus on his wrestling and rightfully so. But I think when you actually see him out there compared to some of these other heavyweights, just how fast he's able to move and how much more polished his striking has gotten over the years. That's really what got the job done. He's a big guy. He's explosive. He moves deceptively fast for a guy, you know, of his stature. And that's really what gave Chris Dawkins problems. I think Chris Dawkins was trying to make a lot of things happen on the feet, but he just did not have an answer for how fast Curtis was able to get to him. Um, Curtis was countering well, and obviously that led to the finish just absolutely like running into a wall Chris Dawkins with that right hand of Curtis Blades um goes down immediately clearly just you know the world's turned upside down Curtis is following up with shots and he gets that second round finish and um yeah just a very good very solid performance he held serve so to speak but rightfully so when you are at that level 
that's the kind of performance you're supposed to have. Home run, Curtis Blades. What about you? Right. He did exactly what he was supposed to do and gave an impressive performance and and a big finish, provided a big finish. Um. Yeah, talk about hitting a wall. He he stunned Dawkins right when when that punch landed. Dawkins basically was running into it. He almost he felt his knees. He was a little bit frozen, stunned, and and you know Curtis Blades didn't have to do too much more after that to finish the job. He's someone that you know I've not enjoyed watching a lot of his fights in the past, where they're you know wrestle heavy, and it was clear that he understood that that wasn't going to get him that kind of fight. Wrestle heavy wasn't going to get him what he needed uh, as far as his next move. So I was happy to see that he came out there, stay on his feet. Look, when you're a wrestler as good as he is, you don't really have to go for the takedown unless you're getting hurt on your feet. And he wasn't. And so he could stay comfortably upright. And if Chris Dacus, you know, wanted to, to, challenge or, or or began to do a heavy to put on a heavy onslaught okay then curtis blades has that pocket that a uh, big weapon in his pocket his back pocket didn't need to do it and the finish was great i also liked the interview it was very a very humble interview you know you could tell that he was fired up he almost was a little bit of a loss for words and you know stipe's in the crowd and uh, curtis blades respectfully says you know you're the great, you're, you're one of the greatest. I want to fight you and beat you, but like all respect, all respect. And, you know, it shows you what kind of, what kind of guy Curtis Blades is, you know, he can do something amazing like that finish of Chris Dawkins, but he's still a humble dude. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing what, where he goes next, where they, where they match him next, because good win, um, important. And he, he's just right there. You know, he's just right there ready to be, given a title shot if something falls out or, you know, right uh, next in line for something after the title gets defended, interim title, whatnot, whatever it ends up being. So great night for him. And uh, it was, <laughs> it was funny to see Stipe in the crowd. He just like, I know he's not that old, but there's something about him. Tell me if I'm wrong. Sometimes he just looks like a grandpa. The it's dad hilarious. vibes. He's got, yeah, he's got dad vibes without a dad bod. Let's <laughs> oh say my like God, it is it's so funny. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, he didn't have them last night, but like some other appearances, he's wearing glasses and it just adds to his... It does, yeah. He, he's got the everyman vibe. And I think because he's now been in the spotlight for a long time, he, you know, I, I think that's what lends itself to it. Uh, let's talk about the future for Curtis. Um, I th- only three losses. Two of those were to a guy named Francis Ngannou. And then the other one was, you know, he unfortunately ran into another guy named Derek Lewis. Yeah. No shame in those. The fact that he's been as consistent for being in the UFC as many years as he has been, I think should be commended. You know, timing is everything. Um, When the rematch definitely with Nganu, that's one that, you know, he wins that. He's probably talking about a title shot. The win over Derek Lewis, he wins that. He's probably in there fighting Cyril Gaon last May um, or September, October when when they fought. But the fact is, okay, this is where he's at. He has the same problem that we've kind of discussed is that it feels like the guys like Stipe, unfortunately. Uh, it's, Stipe is probably looking to see if he could get John Jones for the interim title. Nganu's got having the knee surgery. He's going to be out until next year. I'd say next summer. So 
I'm not even acting like, okay, we're going to wait for him. These guys are going to fight. I think it just depends what deal gets done. I think Stipe waits for John Jones. If not, then, you know, probably going to be the ball in his court. Can he make a fight happen? Does he want to fight with either Curtis or Cyril? And of those two, who's easier to negotiate with? Now, for Stipe, he may feel like, hey, you know, Cyril might be, he might be getting Cyril at the right time. He's just been exposed, you know, with a couple of uh, deficits in the grappling. This might be a good time to maybe get this guy who would, you know, two months ago was being really hyped up. Curtis Blades, that's another feather in Stipe's pocket. But I just don't see a scenario where Stipe is not one half of an interim title situation. Now, if Curtis is lucky and he gets it, there we go. I will say I don't expect that to happen for Mr. Blades. I actually feel like they might try to pair him up with somebody else. You could run the Derek Lewis fight back. Uh, Tai Tuivasa's there. Uh, Cyril is there. Um, and yeah, most likely just who of those uh, isn't matched up. You know, because I think that they will do Cyril versus Aspinall, Aspinall and Tai might be the odd man out. Or they'll do like Tai and Tom... And then, uh, what's his name? Gone is there for Curtis. But the fact is, I, I just don't see the Stipe fight happening. I think Stipe is holding out for somebody else. That's interesting. I When is the last time Stipe fought? I feel like it's been so the long. Lost that... Ganu last year. Don't One year ago he... today. I was gonna, about to say, don't you think he wants to get back in there? But uh, he's one of those guys that is kind of just like, you know, he's done it all. He has his regular day job. He has his family. Yeah, he's probably not dying to get back in there with some guy that's just broken into the top five, like Tai Tuivasa or even Cyril Gaon. Like, why, right? Just fight the one guy that that's been at the top of the list of you know pound for pound for for so long, John Jones. Yeah, I, I wonder would Stipe be willing to fight Tai Tuivasa, Cyril Gaon? Probably not, right? You think? I think you're right. I think you're onto onto the truth there, because it, it, what's 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 in it for him, right? Nothing. John Jones is the one to wait for, or I guess a rematch with Ngannou. But like, yeah, we know he's going to be out for a long, long time. So, um, so you, let's let's say uh, pretending, right? Play matchmakers. If Cyril Gon uh, agrees to <laughs> to fight for another interim belt, which why wouldn't he? You don't think Stipe would get in there for that? I think he would. I think Stipe likes it. I think it's the best matchup out there for Stipe, honestly, in terms of uh, the risk and then building up a potential rematch with Francis, which is ultimately the goal, right? That's yeah. It's not for a piece of gold. You want the undisputed. I think my one thing about it is that, and we could get into the John Jones of it all, but the fact is, if... I think that John Jones, the UFC sees him like if they only get one fight out of him, it's going to be for the undisputed, not the interim. That's what I think. After all, yeah. we've been through already in the wait, plain and simple. Right, right. So I think if you're Stipe, you like a fight with Cyril more than Curtis. And then, yeah, you then you start talking about where do you go with Tom and Ty. I mean, there's just a lot of options. But I think that Curtis ends up fighting more likely one of the young guys if not Stipe but I think Stipe is holding out for Jones 
until he knows the John Jones fight isn't happening, he's not going to entertain that. And yeah. uh, and also the one thing about not doing Curtis and Stipe, remember if Curtis wins, you're talking about Blades versus Ngannou 3. Right, right. And UFCs might feel like th- that ship has kind of sailed unless, you know, we have, I don't want to say it so bluntly, but we they have no other options, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and Tai Chi Vas is just like hanging out in the number three spot there. Uh, I don't think. What's wrong with hanging out with Tai Chi Vasa? No, no, what I'm saying is that like. <laughs> no, I know. My point, my point is that he's, I'm he's, messing with you. No offense to Curtis Blaze, but. Tai Chi Vasa is a more exciting, you know, proposition um, in these conversations than Curtis Blades is. Um, and so right now, Curtis Blades is still ranked fourth. Ty is ranked third. I don't think that's going to move. Like, I don't think Curtis Blades is going to supplant Tai Chi Vasa when they update the rankings tomorrow or Tuesday, whenever they do it. So I think Tai Chi Vasa is the guy who's going to get, you know, the uh, the big call up before Curtis Blades. Um, just more entertaining all-around personality you know curtis blades has shown us that he can give you that exciting highlight in the cage but taitu vasa brings it you know pre during post like that guy's just great tv see the problem with this because we're doing so much waiting i'm trying to like solve the equation like i usually do and it's like honestly there's just so many pieces between stipe tom ty curtis potentially jones that's five people someone's going to be the odd man out yeah it should not be curtis blades but i worry it will be just because i feel like they're going to want to try to launch the younger guys tom and ty against Mm -hmm. vets like cyril and stipe yeah but who knows i'm gonna just leave it at that because i think we're gonna need more information look i mean in a month, we could have Dana White come out and be like, he's back, we're doing Jones versus Stipe, and then it's like, okay, now let's work it out. <laughs> there we go. Okay. And then Tom and Ty between Cyril and Curtis. Boom. There you okay. go. Like we we did it. <laughs> anyway. Um, Alexa Grasso in the co-main event, uh, first round submission of Joanne Wood. Uh, you know, that one... I think that just showed a great evolution in Alexa. I think that, you know, give or take two or three years ago, the idea of her first round submitting anybody, particularly a vet who's, uh, you know, secured a title shot, didn't actually get to fight for it, but that's another day. Um, Probably low on your, um, you know, on, on the betting line. And Alexa just looked really comfortable looking for those positions. I think... The thing that impressed me most was that she knew that Joanne has a weakness on the mat, if anywhere, and she chose to exploit that when before we just kind of saw her mostly for her boxing and her striking. So I was just very impressed with that. I think that now she's on a solid win streak. Well, sorry, I know she's on a solid win streak. Was scheduled to fight Tyler Santos, who now gets to fight for the title. I think any other time it would be Alexis... uh, opportunity to step in i I think that this earns a title shot with the schedule i could see her maybe needing to fight one more person but i just want to get your take on the uh performance great performance you know yeah she was she was the boxer from uh the mma fighter from mexico who had the the superb boxing great footwork and she's little by little added all the other elements to make her 
um, to have her, you know, for her to reach that goal of being a complete MMA fighter, she's she's pretty close. You know, obviously the grappling, the, the takedown was a little sloppy, but she got the job done. Um, and it was the right strategy or the right decision to make in the cage anyway against JoJo uh, Wood. And um still want to say Calderwood, side note. But um, it, it was the right move. You know, Joanne has good Muay Thai striking, but her kicks are, are, are they kind of always have been. They're a little slow. She, she, she kicks a little bit slow and she retracts a little bit slowly. So there's a little bit of wiggle room there and opportunity for, for someone like Alexa Grasso to, to figure out the strategy for the takedown. Now, in this instance, it was a spinning back elbow, sort of landed on the side of the head, but Grasso wisely used all that movement, take her down. And if you take a gander, Alexa Grasso, probably because of the boxing, has killer arms. Like her shoulders and her biceps are really huge and almost twice the size of JoJo's if you go back and look at it. So it makes sense that that, that choke was in properly and it was in deep. And, and, you know, that arm was really taking up a lot of real estate on JoJo's neck. So she had no other choice but to tap. It's a tough one to see for, for, for Wood because... You know, she was so close, as you said, to that title fight with uh, Shevchenko. But it is what it is. Uh, as for Alexa Grasso, yeah. Uh, because of how that division works with Shevchenko, where it's just like a feeder system, a conveyor belt, she's very close to getting a title shot. If, for whatever reason, the Tyler Santos fight with Shevchenko falls out, Alexa Grasso is going to get it, no doubt. Um, if not, she'll just have to wait till that fight's over, and Shevchenko's ready to fight again probably by the end of the year. So... Um, it's it's pretty much a guarantee. Like you're looking at the at the rankings here, it's Jessica Andrade, it's Caitlin Chukagian, Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, in the top five. And remember, Andrade is going down. Right, exactly. So they, yeah. that's just they just have her there as one, but doesn't it's not a it's not accurate. Uh, Joanne Wood at this point was still listed as number seven. Alexa Grasso, they have her as ninth, but again in in this division. The only person they have above her is Andrea Lee. So, you know, I think Alexa Grasso's in a in a good spot to get either a uh, you know replacement title shot in June or the next one at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, definitely should be in talks to be the backup. I think that um the winner between Andrea Lee and Viviani Arujo coming up in May. I think that that would be the next one for Alexa. Um. It depends on uh, Valentina and Tyla. Obviously, Tyla could shock Valentina and we're talking immediate rematch. Valentina could go through, handle business, and then we're talking about another one late this year. Uh, You never know. It depends on how fast these uh, girls want to get back out there. Obviously, this is their income and everything else. So, yeah, I I think Alexa, though, no more than one fight away, just with the state of the flyweight division. Or, you know what, um, she could be stuck waiting. Imagine a scenario, uh, Valentina wants to move up to try to take on Juliana Pena number two. I mean, why not, right? Um, anything yeah. could happen, but I think in terms of flyweight math, Alexa Grasso is one away, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kai Car France, he gets the decision victory. A little, um, you know, some people were a little split on that one, but he does get the unanimous nod over Askar Askarov, who was undefeated. His only blemish, if you want to call it that, was a draw against former champion Brandon Moreno. 
This was Kai's third victory in a row. Just what are your thoughts on this one? You know, it was a great performance from Kai Car France, especially as far as defense goes against that wrestling, that Dagestani wrestling. He did an amazing job. I think I was more impressed by that than I was by the striking, even though he is an excellent striker. He landed some good shots, but if, you know, to my eye, a lot of them were missing. There were a lot of big swinging overhand shots that were kind of close, but not so close. So it was, in the striking department, it wasn't as clear-cut a victory, but he did an amazing job defending uh, Askarov's wrestling, which is why, yeah, at the end, when the decision was announced, I thought, well, you know, this one is a tricky one. Look, It's like, do I want to go back and rewatch it? Not so much, but it would be helpful because even though Car France didn't get, obviously didn't get submitted, and he was able to get up from all the takedowns. Like, Askarov took him down a lot, you know, used the wrestling against him a lot. And Kai Carl France didn't really hurt him a lot with his own, you know, offense, his punching. So, eh, you know, it was a good win for him. And um, it's an important win. But, yeah, it was one of those where it's like, well, I'm not so sure if this was as clear-cut a victory as the judges saw. But, you know, he, he's definitely a special person in the division. I am looking forward to seeing what he does next i mean i'm gonna go ahead and call it macaroni he won a tough fight against one of the toughest guys at 125 i mean you're talking about a guy who easily could have been the one to get the next title shot last year um and before they mm-hmm. went for moreno figgy three um yeah i would he, he did enough to get the job done i know he defended but i felt like those moments the key moments just went to him and he had enough of them so even though it was tough it was competitive Askarov just staying in his face making him work but the fact is he just kept getting out of everything I think that's what yeah. essentially got the job done for Kai um you know uh, he's lost to Brandon Moreno I think his last loss no it wasn't to Brandon but um you know it, it's not it hasn't been a like decades and decades since they fought right uh, the fact is uh, the rumor is right now that they're looking at Moreno Figueredo 4 immediately next uh, i want to ask i want to toss it to you because now you have a clear next man up in kai but they're they've officially looks like they've all but pulled the trigger on um number four like they have the moreno figurator four bullet already in the chamber you know what i mean they just haven't shot it out of the gun what are your thoughts i wish they would give a little bit of space um with that I guess, I don't know what you call when it's the fourth one. It's not a trilogy, the quad, quadrilogy. Quadrology, yep. <laughs> um, don't get to say that too often, do we? I know. That's how I felt after the third fight. It, it, you know, we don't, I don't want to see the fourth one soon. Let them fight somebody else or, you know, yeah. Let them reset with the, against the new opponent. But maybe these two guys want to fight each other. They want to keep going, you know, uh, a la Pacquiao and Marquez. Maybe the UFC really wants it, a little from column A, a little from column B. Okay, look, is it going to be an exciting fight? Heck yes. So you're going to get your money's worth if it's uh, if you tune in for number four. But I would like to see somebody else get a shot at the title. Um, and I would, want, I would like to see Brandon Moreno fight somebody else. But then, as I say it out loud, it's like, well, what's the point, right? Like, it, it, would set, it could set Brandon Moreno back. It could set Figueredo back, and then you lose that on the money and the excitement of this fourth rematch. 
So from a marketing, financial, business perspective, I understand why they're likely going for a fourth one. Um, but you know, look, someone like Kai Car France, I think he deserves he deserves a, a an opportunity to, to get in there to get in the mix at the top. So, you know, it is what it is, I guess. All to quote the great Max Holloway. Yeah. Uh, so my biggest thing about it is that the flyweight division has almost historically had this problem: is that they are very rarely the marquee. They're mm-hmm. at top, but you know, this is the main event that you know this is the curtain call this is the last one up um for a lot of reasons but look the fact is it's never been the flyweights like rarely i think you know they've had one with demetrius uh, as the pay-per-view headliner and then the other one was at an apex no no fans in attendance show um that being said uh, or, or with that in mind let me be more specific my big thing about uh, this fight with let's say you know why not go with Kai why not go with Manel first I think Manel still was needs at least one more big one I think he needs that signature victory to really sell it uh, secondly um, when I look at the situation for Kai and look he had a great he, he finished Cody Garbrandt he gritted this out and he showed how complete a fighter he is in getting this one over Askarov that being said I feel like if you ask me which of these little uh, fires in the campsite has more heat, I- I'm sorry, but it just it only is Figueredo Moreno. Like, yeah. they're asking about this at press conferences still, the Dana, things like that. And I'm just like, you know, respectfully to Kai, I just think that, you know, because he's had those setbacks, like, you know, he lost, I believe, might have been last year, might have been... Uh, 2020 you know to Brandon Royville and it looked like you know he might be a good but maybe is he leaning toward middle of the pack right now I think the fact that he kind of has had to you know separate himself from that that is what lends itself to now oh you know we could put Figgy Moreno 4 on anyone's undercard and it's going to help sell it now uh, when you talk about the Hardcore fans, of course we want to see something else. We just saw it. We've talked about all three fights rather recently. Mm-hmm. When you talk about the casual fans who don't buy every single pay-per-view, but you know it's going to be good, maybe there's a little more leeway there. Not a lot. I'm not saying people are, you know, that separated from it that they don't know what they were getting recently sold. But that's just what I keep coming back to. So... Yeah, um, I think Kai should be ready. I think any other world, it should be Kai Cara France. Just run it for the title and let's get the job done. Um, instead, though, I completely get from a marketing aspect why they're going with Figure Moreno 4. Uh, and th- I think that just speaks to the nature of the division. Same way we talk a lot about the women's featherweight and things like that. It's just how it is. There's just never been too many girls at women's featherweight. There just has always been a struggle to really sell that flyweight division on its own. So, yeah. Fair point. Um, to talk about it, you know what? I'm going to just leave it at this because I want to talk about 1X. That banger with Matt Brown and Brian Barberena. 
Dude, I, I almost, I, I'm not going to lie. That was another one. I mean, I know Matt, you know, Brown is a Ohio guy, so it couldn't have been easy to take that one at home. But, you know, at a certain point, they were just like, you know, I, you got some, I got some too. Let's do this. And it, it was just good television. I got to say. Yeah, man, it was old school MMA, like just, just two dudes that want to brawl and are skilled and gutsy and are just going for it and understand, you know, entertaining the crowd as well. You know, just classic stuff. Yeah. You wanted Matt Brown to win in his town, but I mean, I think, I think he was probably happy to have been in such a good fight nonetheless. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and make it all the way around the world to Singapore, huh? One X. So first off, tell me what was your one X viewing experience? Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't get the pay per view. <laughs> uh, it was uh, uh, catching the highlights as I could uh, post after the fact. Gotcha. Did you get enough of a idea of the scope of it? Let's put it that way. Yeah, I did, and you know, I was reading stuff as well, and it seemed like you know, look, I read the. I like to read the comments for better or worse in a lot of uh, MMA stuff, and usually people are kind of snarky, uh, a lot of attitude, and oh, you know just uh, cynical this was the first time when i was reading the comments that almost unanimously people were like this show was amazing this was great this is what mma or, you know mixed martial arts and combat sports and just like a lot of high praise almost all across the board so i think they did uh, accomplish a great thing how about you i know it was like sort of like sectioned off into multiple platforms along with pay-per-view how did you watch it so i got home from lfa on friday night probably of 11 30 almost midnight shower um hop on youtube as i'm winding down a bit before bed and trying to catch up on part one and you had a i know there was rainier de ritter i, I think i saw danielle kelly's match um, and then I'm like, look, the fact is I'm tired. I'm just going to hope I wake up in time. And um, <laughs> yeah, I wake up and I, I'm on that broadcast for Angela Lee versus Stamp. I'm not going to lie. At the time I woke up and finally got everything fired up. Um, I, I missed the proverbial moment where Stamp really hurts Angela to the yeah, body and it body. looks like it might be done. Um, yeah, I got to say, like. I get it. In the United States and most of the world, you want the best of the best in the UFC and you want to enjoy the creativity that's available, you know, at one in Bellator and these other places that do that. You separate yourself from it and you're able to just enjoy the show for what it was, which I think was always the goal. And I will say, I think when you get to that point, the MMA as a whole, the combat sports as a whole, is just so much more fun. Um, to go into that uh, main event, um, obviously uh, it looked like Stamp might get this one done quick. Because we just saw Stamp rather recently doing decent work on the mat, uh, I was like, okay, this might, you know, taller, just longer, likes to fight differently, might pose some challenges. I got to say, I was very impressed with Angela's physique. And I bring that up because I felt like, you know, layoff and all that. No, she clearly got rid of the ring rust in the gym, 
she gets in there and gets after it and all those transitions in the second round to finally submit stamp in the second i was just very impressed um look i mean she was this could have been a changing of the guard right and stamp you know was very popular a lot of people really like stamp fairtex and you know homegrown from one championship i think from a promotional standpoint it could have felt like a lateral move considering stamp won the grand prix and instead angela just reminded everybody that this is still her show she is still you know the queen of the castle so to speak and um you know she just looked like she came through for all the good reasons you know layoff had her family started her family proved that she could still kick butt still represent the family obviously you know her brother and her sister both fight for one um so just very impressed with how she looked how sharp she was um physically and it looked like skill wise after the layoff yeah i mean it's it's kind of what we figured could would happen when we talked about it previewed it last week for as good as Stan Fairtex is and you know stand up and even held her own against Angela Lee on the ground Angela Lee still like just tough, gritty, and very skilled, very talented. She wasn't gonna let this one get past her. Like she was gonna do whatever it took, fighting through that body shot and and then getting the submission. So it's it's what we saw coming, but it's still a good reminder, as you said. You know, she's she's the uh, she's the one to beat at one over there uh, in Singapore. No, for sure. Um, I I know that I believe. I'm going to butcher it. Denise Zam- Zamboanga, I, I believe it's her, her name. I know, I believe she got the victory and she's like the next one up for Angela. You know, they're going to make it a big deal. Um, I don't know where they're at with the next um, broadcast deal for the United States. Obviously, they made this a pay-per-view, but if you follow, you know, their events end up on YouTube rather immediately following the streams and all that. So what they do with all of it moving forward, I'm very interested to see. But um, I don't know. I mean, when you talk about the streaming wars, it just feels like it reminds me a bit of Bellator and DAZN. It's accessible and you get it, but it just almost feels like you just because it's there doesn't always mean that people will go to it. It almost needs like a bit of brand recognition similar yes to ufc and spike tv back in the day it just feels like you need somewhere where you have sports fans you have possibly already mma fans and you can make it a place where it's like hey you know this adds to something i already want at Mm -hmm. a streaming service because i think that's what they're looking for i think that um it's just hard to find a home in today's uh, landscape in the United States for more MMA on cable on like a CBS sports on a USA you know like it's hard to find all the sports at the right time and you're competing with you know college football college basketball it's just tough you know what I mean so I think that they <sighs> I know there's a home out there maybe Peacock I think that could be something for one championship. What do you think about that? They join, what's over there? All the NBC properties. So I believe the office is on there. I think that. Um, yeah, yeah. All the old classic, you know, 
Seinfeld, Friends, The Office, all that stuff. The Chicago universe, like the cop show, the firefighter show, the lo- the the hospital, sh- like literally, like there's five Chicago dramas. <laughs> you know, have you ever seen those? But short notice, like they they really lean into the fact that it's a shared universe, like it's Marvel. But it's like anytime you're watching like the firefighter show and they call the cops, it's the same three cops from the cop show. And it's like, are, is there only like 10 cops in your version of Chicago? Or something? Chicago. Uh, yeah, you know, look, they really are cleverly uh, united their shows and, and jumped off of, uh, you know, jumped from one Chicago first responder show to the other to the other. They're, all, they're not the only network to do it. Now there's like on CBS, there's the FBI's. Oh my so there's God. like an FBI show and then there's FBI something, something. And of course we saw that with Law and Order. Yes, all the Law and Orders are, know each other. I know, they all know each other. The um, procedural shows are uh, clever. CSI, right? They, they did yeah. a bunch of them. <laughs> In yeah. any case, Peacock is fine uh, because it's NBC, right? Um, I feel like they have a built-in sports audience already, which helps. I think so, man. But like American you... sports, not like the zone and badminton. You know what I mean? I know the zone is. Yeah, look, one needs a home. They need a proper home that isn't going to be changing from here to there. You know, within an event night, um, or even from here to there within, a, you know, cards, different cards. So they have to figure something out. There's got to be a play for. I mean, Peacock's fine, but like, I just think like, how many people are watching Peacock? I don't know. Maybe they could get on. Look, okay, let, let me say this: ESPN has UFC and PFL. Yeah. Any chance Showtime wants another MMA, you know, promotion on their on their roster because that would be good. Bellator and one, you know, maybe work something out like that. You know what? I'm not saying it's not possible. I think though, PFL likes ESPN in the fact that they don't have to make it seem like they're competing with the UFC. Right. Like, look, the fact is, we do the best we can, and we get all the ESPN love back. Right. We don't, you know, I think that when you start putting, when you talk about one in Bellator, suddenly there's a, you know, like a turf war, you know? Right, sharks and jets, yeah. Yeah, there you okay. go. It turns Fair enough. In, that's my one thing. That's why I feel like Peacock, they have the infrastructure, they've held Olympics, they hold NFL on there. It's very possible, but I think that, you know... That's right. That that that's why Peacock Netflix doesn't do live TV, you yeah. know, plain and simple. They don't even do like you know new episodes per week, if I'm mistaken, like no, Hulu and some dumb. of the other ones. Yeah. Exactly. So that's why I think Peacock is one of the few that works. I'd say Hulu, but Hulu's owned by ABC, which is Disney. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> Before we get too far, uh, Demetrius Johnson versus Rod Tang. This one, this was the people's main event of the week. I think if you know, honestly, who these two are, seriously, you knew just how entertaining this could be. And I gotta say, those first five minutes, and Rod Tang, I, I, I gotta say, I love watching that dude fight. Like, I, I don't need to see him in MMA. I don't ever need to see someone try to wrestle that man. <laughs> I just want to watch him strike. And he knew he's got five minutes to put a beat down on that mouse <laughs> like he's Tom the Cat. Yeah. And he took it to him. He just kind of got in his face and said, you know, like, 
it was like the bully was told that the teachers were not going to be there for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> and you know what? Credit to Demetrius Johnson. Hands up, chin down. Don't make it one-way traffic. Try to return fire. Tie him up. Burn the clock. Did all of the things correctly and just kind of survived that buzzsaw attack from Rod Tang. And then in the second round, it was pretty much what you expected. Um, Rod Tang, you know, more patient, but just kind of finds himself out of position. Demetrius immediately, you know, takes him down, has the back, and, you know, he works for that submission. It was kind of like you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. If anything, what I will say is I appreciate that Demetrius didn't get reckless. He didn't just like, you know, just shoot in on him, do something, you know, and, you know, possibly get Mas, you know, Ben Askren, Masvidal situation. <laughs> uh, you know what? Just um, was this as big as, say, you know, adding another UFC title defense to the, to the legacy of Demetrius Johnson? I don't know. But uh, I'll say this, uh, Demetrius has been very open about the fact that it's like, you know, I it is what it is. When I was in UFC, I was at where I was at in terms of a draw, star power, doing this, doing that. I feel like he has more freedom of expression in one championship. I'm sure he would have loved to get that one back with Adriano Marais, who won in the um, on the main card also. But I think that when you talk about Demetrius, like, dude, he just went out there and he just got to enjoy a really cool fight. I really enjoyed it. And um, do I need this every week? Heck no. But man, it was a lot of fun for this one. What about you? Yeah, I think I think fun is the, the, the key takeaway here. And, and Mighty Mouse is having a blast. Like, look, he's already cemented his legacy. And not that he's not trying to, you know, add to it at one but he has an opportunity to be creative to to have to strategize differently different game plan right for something like this it, it just mix it up man keep your brain fresh keep your body you know fresh i think it's a great thing for him he's someone who can make the most of the creativity the uh, opportunities that one offers and like he's super game and He's exciting to watch still. So, like, you know, more power to everyone that's over there on the one team. Because this is just cool stuff. Like, it's like being a musician and, you know, you play the drums, the you know, the, the drum kit. And then someone's like, hey, do you want to play bongos for my for this gig I have? Okay, cool. Like, it's still a drum, but it's a different kind of drum. And you can have fun and, and still use your skills, but in a different way. So... I think it's very cool. Yeah, I mean, look, so we're going to talk about it in a minute. James Gallagher is out of the Bellator Grand Prix. I mean, let's believe in miracles. Demetrius Johnson steps into the Bellator Grand Prix as the one championship representative. Dude, that would be so cool. Oh right? My goodness, look at you. <laughs> Scott Coker, Chatri. Give me a call. I got ideas. Dude, that's a brilliant idea. That would be thrilling. And I mean... Well, we know they, they like to work, uh, Bellator likes to work with other promotions in Asia, or at least Ryzen, and so this this is this is special. I, yeah. I like this, man. I like this. You don't get have... Twitter feed, go. You don't have to hurt your champion in one, so you get to preserve that, but it's like, hey, 
Let, let's be all we can be, you know. Yeah. yeah, you know, maybe um they have to send some people from Bellator to one for a couple appearances to fight. Yeah, that's okay. Crazier things have happened. Yeah. Anyway, um, good stuff. Uh, Shinya Aoki, um, uh, Yoshihiro Akiyama, Sexy Yama, <laughs> yeah, another sexy fun Yama. one there. Um, like I said, Adriana Moraes just kind of further cements his greatness in one with the win over Yuya Wakamatsu. Um, another person from the Grand Prix who happened to run into Demetrius. So you know what? You put it all together, just a good night. Like I said, it was like WrestleMania, 12 hours of action. So if you <laughs> didn't watch it all, uh, you weren't alone. But you know what? I liked it. I think it was a great celebration. And I think that once you, if you like MMA, you got what you wanted out of it. For sure. Right on. We're going to be moving right along. Um, so yeah, last Monday night. So <laughs> it's old news, but we haven't been on the air um let me just uh let's just get to the meat of it um colby covington is out at dinner with the nelk boys and um i don't listen to him bob mennery apparently he receives a king of miami belt they're having dinner he goes outside reportedly and uh jorge masvidal hoodie up uh bloom uh, face mask on sucker punches him uh about two to three times colby chips a tooth and uh, Masvidal takes off. Masvidal, um, I believe it was by Tuesday night, possibly when... Yeah, it, I believe it was um, by the end of Tuesday night. Is in custody as they press charges for, you know, assault and all that. We're going to talk about the aftermath, but um, I'm going to just ask you for your thoughts, Natalie. You, you check the internet and lo and behold... Everybody's getting arrested. Um, yeah, this was, man, disappointing. You've, anyone who follows this uh, sport has already, you know, sort of heard from all the different sides, the fans, MMA fighters, everyone in between has an opinion. It's pretty much down the line, you know, a lot of folks saying, Jorge, you had your 25 minutes. A lot of folks saying, hey, you shouldn't talk about someone's family. You got what you asked for. You know, you reap what you sow, right? Ah, I'm somewhere in the middle, right? I think Colby's trash talk was silly and stupid. But to me, ultimately, they're just words. They fought. Jorge had his 25 minutes. Colby had his 25 minutes. We saw the outcome. And I understood at the end, you know, Jorge's perspective on it, which was, you know, I just didn't have it in the wrestling. Um, and almost like it is what it is. And then he says casually in the post fights, right, like, Oh, if I see him on the street, you know, I'm still going to go after him. But, like, this is where I take issue with Masvidal's strategy, if you want to call it that. Like, this was planned, right? Like, someone tipped him off. Hey, Colby's having dinner at such and such place. And, like, you're Jorge freaking Masvidal, and you're seriously standing outside waiting, like, like a, you know, like the Hamburglar, like waiting to Like, a, like <laughs> to just a pure crime. thug. <laughs> yeah, man, like just standing outside with your mask on and your hoodie and like you see him and you, I can just picture you run up to him and, you know, you say, don't talk about my kids and you start punching him. Like, that's just playground nonsense, bro. Like, give me a break. Who am I? I've never been in a fight, much less a street fight. But if you really want to handle your business with Colby outside of the octagon, then walk up to him. Show your face and tell him what's up. 
so the sucker punch thing is what I think is silly. Uh, you know, there's a Tony Montana element to this behavior, right? If you've ever seen Scarface, you think about the scenes early in Florida, Freedom Town, doing whatever it takes to get your green card, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, there's that energy here with Jorge Masvidal's actions, but, like, he's not that guy fighting in backyards anymore. Like, he's Jorge, you know, freaking, freaking Masvidal, Masvidal. Of, of UFC 4. And I'm not saying you got to lose who you are, but, like, dude, you don't ask, also have to act like a like a dummy man like you had to know when you were going to get arrested and so like whatever okay you knew you were going to get arrested because colby covington is the kind of guy who is going to press charges right and so that's where i think like you're both acting like like little kids because if i'm colby okay you want to sucker punch me you knocked out my tooth or whatever you damaged my stupid rolex i'm not gonna press charges that's a little b move and I think Jorge Masvidal did the same thing as a little B move. Like, you're, really, you're going to run up to someone in the dark and, you know, sucker punch him? Here's to say that I I think both of them acted stupidly. And I just hope to God that Jorge Masvidal doesn't actually end up doing jail time. But, you know, Colby Covington's going to do whatever he can to make sure he does. And this is the guy who's thanking the police and the first responders at every fight and going to shake their hands before fights. Like, whose side do you think they're going to be on? I don't know. That's a great point. I, I didn't even think of that. But, um, yeah, I, I can't really reiterate more. I mean, straight up, I mean, like you said, uh, just with Jorge, it's like, I haven't even heard this. It's like, you know, you don't need to, you know, jump people. You now have people to hurt other people for you when you make that much money. Yeah. Most likely, uh, allegedly, right? I uh -huh. mean, I'm assuming that's how rich people shake people down uh, yeah, when you reach you a level. Yeah, you don't do it yourself anymore. On, but then, <laughs> hey, you know what? What do I know, right? Like, as it, yeah. you said. Um, you know what? I keep going back to it is that this is the biggest facepalm move if masvidal does even a minute of jail time because literally you had 25 minutes to get paid millions to do the exact same thing mm -hmm. anyway that's all i'm going to say about that colby i've addressed his comments in the past on this show i don't like it i understand he's playing a character i don't believe he means as many malicious things as he says but he says it and he continues to say it to quote sell fights and i think that um you know what it was never going to end well that when you talk the way he does and yeah. take it to the levels he has. That being said, it's been the gift that keeps on giving. I personally love the clip like a very old, like pre-ESPN, Area Helwani uh, show interview with Jorge. And he literally says, everyone knows I had the best sucker punch in Miami. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> lord. And he says, literally... You gotta have a great sucker punch, and you have to have a great fifty-yard dash. And I'm like, you cannot tell me they actually got this on camera. <laughs> um, oh, Jorge's yeah. Twitter, at least his Twitter. I don't know if it was also on Instagram, but it was him punching Colby, 
the morning after being arrested, it suddenly changed. <laughs> and he takes down the video that everybody already shared of yeah. him essentially confessing to the crime. Yeah, I'm like, why are you doing that? You think Ju it's like... Judge Judy could have put him in jail oh before the first commercial break. Here's what I also don't understand. Is, is Malkikawa or A, one of them, is oh, going yeah. on Twitter, oh, let's uh, take a picture with Colby, ask him to smile. Dude, you're his manager. You can't be like... <laughs> Making this worse for him. You're supposed to tell him to keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and you're it's, just out there adding to it. It's so silly. They all thought they were trying to be cool. They um, thought they were tough guys, dude, but they're not. Uh, not anymore. They're too rich. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'll say this. Um, ultimately, I don't think Jorge actually like goes to jail. Not because Colby couldn't probably easily get him there. But I think that the reputation... I think that he's going to be slapped with a fine. He's certainly going to have to pay for whatever dental work that Colby needs and all this other <laughs> stuff. But the fact is, um, I don't think that... I think Colby likes living in Florida, South Florida. And I think that his reputation would not work out if he lets, um, you know, Jorge stay behind bars. I think that it would just have repercussions far beyond himself. I, so look, even at worst, I just don't see a scenario where Jorge actually spends a lot of time behind bars. Um, just on that alone. Not that he couldn't, but, you know, I think that they're just gonna, you know, settle out of court. Yeah. And, you know, Colby's gonna bleed him for all the pennies he can. Yeah. That, oh, and one more. Jorge, the next morning after the incident was applying to bring Gamebred FC, the bare-knuckle MMA, to uh -huh. Nevada. And literally, they have a recording because it's like public record. And the guy is like, well, this person is applying for a license to promote here in Nevada. However, they are currently battling legal <laughs> issues. <laughs> and then Jorge has to admit, yeah, well, I can't talk about that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You literally assaulted someone and you're do taking this meeting on the phone. I know, the dude. And he's morning. like, if you could postpone, that would be amazing. <laughs> and he does yeah. like the thing. It's like, yeah, I mean, I came from fighting backyards and the moderator who clearly doesn't know the business, but that's OK, says, wait, you used to fight in backyards. And I'm like, oh, my God, you can't. Oh, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh my gosh. Um, Bananas. That's my take on it. Um, Jorge had 25 minutes. Colby shouldn't be saying that. End of story. Yeah, pretty there you much. Go. Um, uh, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. Targeted for July 30th. Strickland, five, six fight win streak. I forget the exact number. Pereira, 5-1 as a pro, only two UFC appearances, but he rides that very viral, very important detail that he knocked out Israel Adesanya cold back in kickboxing. I believe it was 2017. Um, Natalie, I saw this fight announcement, and I think the biggest thing I saw was that they are giving Pereira the Hamza Chemaev treatment. He got a decision, by the way, on like the prelims or something. It might have been like, or sorry, it was the main card opener on a fight night. I believe it was two weeks ago. And now you're fighting uh, arguably a guy who was in a title eliminator. You know, like it, uh, Sean Strickland was always one fight away from a title shot, if you ask me. Yeah. After he beat Hermanson. So 
I read that and I'm like, they really want that Pereira Adesanya rematch. <laughs> that is the only way this fight makes sense. Yeah, they're you? fast tracking it. And, you know, he's, he's, you can count on him for some spectacular striking. Yep. And so makes sense. Sean Strickland is an all around talent and super tough. So it's just a guaranteed good fight. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if Sean Strickland wins, he was already the guy they were moving up, up the ladder. If Pereira wins, Pereira wins, um, keep pushing him up and start, start getting that beef building between Adesanya and Alex. So, uh, it's good matchmaking, but yeah, it is a, definitely a big jump up for the, uh, for the uh, Mr. Pereira. Yeah, I, th- I mean, it's going to be a good fight, but still, I was like, whoa, I did not... <laughs> that was fast. <laughs> I did not realize we were already there, you know? Yeah. It's like a relationship, and then they're already saying the L word, and I'm like, wait, what? You know, like, <laughs> I didn't know we were that serious. Um, We're going to end it... Uh, we're, I'm going to list a bunch of the Bellator announcements. You tell me what stands out to you, Yeah. Okay. So everybody sit tight as I read these off. Um, the big one, uh, the flyweight title is going to be on the line for the first Hawaii card. So it's a back-to-back Friday, Saturday. This one on Friday, April 22nd, Juliana Velasquez taking on Liz Carmuch. The next one, Sergio Pettis is out of his fight the following night where Rofion Stotts. Juan Chuleta will now be fighting Stotts and they're going to fight for an interim title. Pettis needs surgery, so he's out of the tournament altogether for the Grand Prix. They also announced a couple other uh, alternates. Jornel Lugo against Danny Sabatello. They're going to fight Leandro Higo, so it's a wild card. Wild card number two, Enrique Barzola against Josh Hill. The winner fights Magomed Magomedov. As I said earlier, James Gallagher is out of the tournament with an injury. And then finally, Logan Storley will be stepping in to take on Michael Venom Page in London for the interim title. Yaroslav Amosov, as we discussed uh, two weeks ago, he is remaining in the Ukraine to defend his home country. And as such, he has withdrawn from the fight with MVP at home to defend the title. Thoughts? <laughs> yeah. So the, my first thought is the, the tournament has lost a little bit of its, of its luster without Pettis and without Gallagher. That's disappointing. You know, these tournaments have always been exciting at, at all the different weight classes that Bellator has done them in. Um, but this was going to be, you know, another, another round, another uh, tournament worth watching. It's a little less interesting for me now with Pettis and Gallagher out. But I am excited for Archuleta to get that shot because, you know, just personally, I like I like him. Um, and, and you know, he got the belt, lost it, and now here's a chance to get it back. Um, the other person I'm interested in, just purely for, uh, you know, personal reasons, uh, Mr. Enrique Barzola, El Fuerte from Peru. And uh, so I'll be, I'll be looking out to see what he does. But um, uh, that's about it. MVP is always exciting to fight. And, you know, of course the reasons behind the change in the matchup, you know, that's uh, the, what's happening in the Ukraine is way bigger than anything else happening uh, in MMA. So it's uh, it makes sense. By the way, I just realized my big plan to have Demetrius Johnson uh, make it into the Grand Prix actually no longer works. Cause I realized both of the wildcard bouts take up all the spots. Oh. But um, anyway, that being said, um, no. Uh, first off, um, Yaroslav Amosov, that is, that's a real hero. Oh. 
Vasily Lomachenko, who um, given up the essentially the undisputed the sh- the chance to become the undisputed champion again against George Kambosos. He is stepping out of that. Uh, Devin, I heard Devin Haney is going to be getting that fight now, but I mean, these are Lomachenko in particular. Obviously, Amosov is just as brave, but that man doesn't have to be there. That man has can get the money to be somewhere else. That man has the money to live comfortably mm-hmm. somewhere else. This is more important. And I think that that says everything you need to know. Um, talking about the tournament, uh, you're very right there with the loss of Pettis and all that. But um, there's still good matchups. Kind of like what I just talked about with uh, one championship. You kind of got to enjoy it for what it is. Um, remember, it was... If you have Showtime, all the prices are are the same. You know, the price of admission to watch is still the same. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's what we get with the Grand Prix. But I agree with you. It, it takes a bit of a blow losing Mr. Uh, Pettis. And then in terms of everything else, um, uh, Juliana Velasquez, she beats Liz Carmouche. And that pretty much sweeps the board. I think that Juliana right now is just, um, you know, no one's really come have a breakthrough since she got out there um liz beat kana watanabe who's kind of working her way up i believe uh vanessa porto the former invicta champion at 125 um i believe that she suffered a loss if i'm not mistaken too i don't know if she's gone back in the win column in bellator yet but the fact is juliana where she's at right now i mean she kind of keeps going and it's like look you know you're probably it's ironic, all these uh, women in the UFC, and it feels like the number one threat to Valentina Shevchenko might actually be on the outside. I'm not saying that she is, but the fact is Juliana is putting on a show the same way that you would if you're trying to make that fight happen. So I think that that's just a very... I want to recognize that we're seeing a very top talent compete in Hawaii on yeah. essentially a month's notice. So I like it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I like it too. Natalie, we don't have MMA to talk about. There's nothing going on this week. <laughs> what are we going to do? What? Are... <laughs> Excuse me. What am I going to... See, I'm allergic to no You're MMA. You're allergic to it. You are. <laughs> um, no, look, it's spring break. No Bellator, no UFC, no Invicta, no One, no P... Well, there might be PFL challengers. Um, I got to double check that. But the fact is, uh, major MMA action will be taking a break, so... Yeah, um, the Oscars are on. There's certainly a lot of television to catch up on and binge. Um, there are more apps than ever. So, yeah, I look forward to just enjoying a nice afternoon. You know what? It's just a nice, chill Saturday. What about you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Oscars I've watched, in, you know, inadvertently, uh, like the two of, of the multitude of movies that have been nominated for, you know, best picture actor or whatnot. So I have either some catching up to do or just kind of watch it and not know much of what's going on, but, uh, I'm okay with the break because, you know, we got a lot of stuff coming up and, uh, UFC 273 and Easter, my mom's birthday, you know, I got a lot of stuff going on, so I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay with the weekend off. I mean, I'm hoping. I gotta double check that. I I was hoping Spider Man would be the first one to take home Best Picture. I doubt it'll happen, but you know what? 
one can dream, right? <laughs> but yeah. it is my fan favorite for that category. So there we are. But yeah, like I said, guys, we will be back next week. There'll be a lot of news and we will be previewing UFC 273, uh, the doubleheader, Volkanovski taking on Korean Zombie, Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Yan 2, the return of Hamzat, um, Mackenzie Dern, Tisha Torres, uh, Ian Gary's back, a lot of good stuff on that main card, so you're going to want to enjoy it. We'll have a lot to talk about. Until then... Have a good one. Enjoy your break. We'll be back.